Oh, hi. I'm telling you, dude, it's it, ma'am, Angie. I'm t- <laughs> um, um, Dave said he was going to come on, but he had his his flight was right around this time. He was going to try to get on before he jumped on his plane. Oh, um, it didn't, didn't work out. So, um, we're 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 going to do this, and we're we're going to build some. Um, what do you call it? We're going to build some um, momentum people involved in this with us and it'll be really fun um but we like reading books we believe reading books is a good thing books are good um my first and only tattoo may literally say i like books uh maybe i'll make it a thing if we have uh a certain number of people show up to the book club i'll get the tattoo we'll make it a little game oh my goodness <laughs> our uh, our book this this month was um when others shuddered uh, eight women um what's the subtitle babe eight women who refuse to give up eight women who refuse to give up uh i think that's a great title for this book it was written by jamie janos and published by uh moody publishers uh free fact jamie janos is a was one of my early english teachers uh she taught me at the moody bible institute and um she was, uh, she really, I had two English teachers. One was from Heck <laughs> and one <laughs> was uh, Miss Janos, who um, really was, uh, she was a very positive influence on my writing style and my confidence to be a writer. So f- to that, I'll always be grateful for her. Um, so what do you say we take away from reading this book, babe? Um, that's a big question. Okay, okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's, let's start with a very easy one. Is it a good book? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, the the subject matter, like the women whose stories are told are very inspiring. So yeah, it's good to read about um, people who have gone before and who have lived faithfully. Um, I think it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's good to hear about women who did that because usually the stories told are about men. So it's nice to have, you know, women featured. Um, And it's interesting how in a lot of the stories, there are very famous men involved and you see how the women were getting the work done behind the scenes. And it's kind of (laughs) cool. I mean, not that the men weren't getting the work done. I'm just saying we've heard of them and most of these women have not been heard of. So no, 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 that's very true. I mean, D.L. Moody has a number of biographies written about his life, and Breyer has the one she wrote, and maybe one more. And now Mrs. Janos is uh is her three chapters on her life. Um, I agree. I really found Mrs. Janos, her writing style was fantastic, and the character she chose. Um and there's a combination of how she writes, but also the story she's telling is so um naturally inviting like uh, i find myself moved multiple times reading these stories um these eight women all in their own all uh, miss janos chooses one period of time i was surprised by that i didn't expect that mm-hmm. it's all kind of like like 1810 to like 1930 is that kind of the, the hundred year uh even later i think like mid 1800s to mid 1900s but okay. mostly right around the turn of the century and there's a lot of overlap like even you know like oh yeah a lot of ladies know each other, other they meet people. one another yep um so i didn't know where to be in the same hundred year period of history you know what mm-hmm. that's kind of helpful because at least as you're reading the story your setting kind of stays 
even they might jump around the country a little bit. Um, right. The same period of American history. And that's helpful to, to kind of ground ourselves. That was very helpful. Um, I thought this book was incredible. I um, I was moved to tears more than once. Um, and I was moved to tears by the, the faith of these women. Uh, these women went through incredibly uh, hard. Um, they face incredible opposition, incredible loss, and their faith. It increased my own faith. Um, there's a. I'm gonna. I mean, we can. So I guess we can start going to our, some of our quotes that we loved. Um, how do I look at flashcards? Is that what I? No, that's not it. How do I fill my quotes? I don't know. I have an actual book. I, I babe, you took <laughs> my book, which is why I'm. Um... I know. Okay, this is po- I don't want popular highlights. I want my highlights, the highlights I made. No, that's not it. Is this it? Oh, ha, ha, my notebook. I found it. There you go. So I'm gonna go to chapter. Um, at the end of chapter three. Um, so Fanny Crosby is the first lady that she talked about. Uh, and she was, I didn't know she was born blind. I don't know why. I didn't know much about Fanny Crosby. I'd heard her name because she wrote some hymns. I, I, before this book, I could have told you what hymn she wrote. If, if, if I was on Jeopardy and it was final Jeopardy for the win, I would have got it right. I wouldn't be able to get it right. She was born blind and, uh, but she had this, this desire to learn. She wanted to be, she wanted to learn. And so she goes one of the first schools for the deaf. Because before that, the people thought the deaf people were basically just waste of space beggars, you know. For the they, blind. Yeah, for the blind. Sorry, the blind. Yeah. Um, but how can you teach a blind person? But they, one of the first schools for blind people in the nation, she goes to, which is unreal. Before Braille was invented, which is crazy. Crazy. And poor F- Fanny Crosby wanted to learn more, but she always needed someone to read to her, and she like exhausted all the people who would read to her. So like she had this voracious appetite for knowledge. And we see that in a lot of the ladies that desire yeah. to learn, but that they're like some women couldn't go to school because there was no school for women. Some women couldn't go to school because they were black. I mean, there was all uh Fanny Kaiser couldn't go to school because she was blind. These poor women all had a desire to learn. And that that simple idea that I desire I was I thought about it when I was reading that man. We complain about school so bad. And back then people were just longing to have opportunity to have access to the written works. They knew that would unlock for them so much um, opportunity, so much potential, because knowing is a kind of power. It's a kind of not power. It's like a resource. It's like a it's like um, it's advancement. It's 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 opportunity reading. It's opportunity. Um but at the end of uh, Fanny Crosby, she's blind and she ends up being a hymn writer. And I know some of her hymns. When I finished her mm-hmm. chapters, I fired up my uh, my Apple Music and listened to some of her hymns. Um, she has a song called All the Way My Savior Leads Me, which uh, Rich Mullins does a cover of that song. And yeah. I've always loved that song. And I, I listened to his his version and just with renewed awe over the song. Um, she also sang a song called Blessed Assurance, also mm-hmm. a great song. Um who Al ja- Alan Jackson does a, co- a version of that on his country album? It's so good, babe. Don't give me that face. No, it's not. It's so <laughs> good. What? what who, who's, who's who sees that better than him? I don't know. Churches. Exactly. Who? Churches. 
like a lot of voices together singing harmony that's um that's meant to be. her most famous song which i didn't know very well was um what's that song she wrote that's real famous i think blessed assurance is her most famous one there's one that moody used almost every single revival he did oh yeah um Oh, it's the one that John Coombs, Pastor John Coombs, what? Pastor John Coombs knew because they sing at the Baptist churches. It was like oh. a parish. Um, rescue the parishing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know the song at all. And, and no, John, I, re- yeah. I don't know how it goes. <laughs> but these are some. So I went and listened to these hymns just, and I sang along. I was so joyous singing along these songs she wrote because she was a voracious writer. Um, and in her in, end of her life the end of her life she was uh someone said man it's a shame that god didn't give you sight now who says that to a woman anyway who sends it to a blind person who says to a blind person if only god had given you sight i mean just i'm <laughs> way to read the room oh there we go that's, that's always great uh, but uh stinking he's like it's a shame god didn't give you sight you know and she said to him if i could ask anything from the lord uh, before I was born, I would have asked to be born blind. And that man said, why? And she said, so the first face I ever saw would be the face of my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. I just cried. Reading. I just, I'm like, what? <sighs> I don't know how to describe that level of trust in the Lord. Um, yeah. Um, who's the lady that stood out to you as you read, babe? What's one of the ladies that stood out to you? Fanny Crasby, her, her story stood out to me a lot. Oh, man. I don't know if I can pick one. Um, we pick one. You just pick one for right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. I liked Nettie McCormick. <laughs> uh, partly because, I mean, I'm a history nerd. So when I read that she was Cyrus McCormick's wife, I was like, What? I had no idea the influence that they had. I mean, I knew about his contributions to basically the industrial revolution and um, farming as we know it. Um, But I didn't realize the influence that they had for the kingdom. And, um, and just, it was a sweet story how they were just like partners and they, you know, they just, they loved to serve together. And it was, um, it was just really cool. And just, um, um, I don't know, just that they, they had, like, they were very wealthy and they had so much, but they never viewed it as just for them. You know, they talked about how they, um, how they wanted to use what God had given them for the kingdom and, um, that they didn't feel like they could just live for themselves. And I think that that's just, that's refreshing because it's so foreign in our current climate, I guess, um, people are very intent on living for themselves and it's not only excused, it's almost, um, it's almost applauded as, you know, the way to live. And, um, I just think that we live for something bigger and it was just cool to see how they use what God had given them for that. Man, I, I, Nettie might've been the only lady in this book who had a hell, like a, uh, a satisfying marriage, a good marriage. Like a lot of the, a lot of some of the ladies in this book never got married. They they chose to be single their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Some got married and it turned out not to be great. Some, uh, their marriage ended in divorce, and that was one thing that you know what 
I'm going to say this, and this is this might give me in trouble later, but let it let it ride. Uh, I don't know if I said that out loud. Um, Most I don't no. think any of them got divorced. They just were they would separate. Maybe one of them did. I don't know. I guess we're gonna say some of them like would live in different houses. Right, right. And that, what they, I thought that that one lady. Um, McLeod Bethune, didn't she get divorced or did he just die? He no, he left. Those two he guys. Left, like... He no, I don't know the well, he the guy, those... the guy, the father of her son just left them because he and was he not... died later. He did die later. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's just maybe just there's just broken marriages. Um, yeah. So there there is. I'm sure of it. I'm sure there's one lady. Who gets divorced and marries and gets divorced again? I think. I don't know who it is. I got. I got. I, there's a lot of ladies in the book. Um, yeah. But maybe it was just maybe just a, bad, a broken marriage. But there's a lot of. Uh, so you have a lot of broken marriages in this book. You have a lot of of women who long for children and they just they lost children to death. Um, that was very sad. Reading about some of the women who just. Um, they loved many children because they never could have any of their own. And that was, it was, it was, it's heartbreaking to read. Mm -hmm. um, but um, Nettie, her husband actually loved her. It was like the only, mm -hmm. they were the only team in the, the book that did it together. A lot of the women had to either be alone in their desire to serve the Lord be in their, in their aloneness was so strong. People kind of gave them just sort of stayed away. Uh, didn't and it did did Franny Crosby get married? She was she was blind and married another blind man. But he yeah, was old, he, was a, he was a lot older than her. Yeah, and they lived separately for a lot of the time. Yeah, she still loved him though. She says. Yeah. Um, the Clarks were together too, though. The um, Sarah and George Clark at the Pacific Garden Mission. Oh, they were. I think he died, think he died early though, and she kept working. Um. That was wild, those two. Yeah. They would sell like the furniture in their house, keep the renovation mm -hmm. going. You know, read a book like this is good for me because to quote Rich Mullins, um, I am a good Midwestern boy. I am a good Midwestern boy. I give an honest day's work if I can get it. <laughs> I don't cheat on my taxes, I don't cheat on my girl. I got values that would make the White House jealous. Values that make the White House jealous. What's the next line? Values that make the White House jealous. <laughs> um, um, I don't take up that well. Oh, I think of Jesus and Peter and the apostles. I don't take up take up so well, I guess, but by the standards around here, I'm not doing that awful. And I always, you know, like the standards around here, I'm like, I'm a generous guy. I'm a hardworking guy. I'm a sacrificial guy. I read about the lives of these people. And I'm like, Man, I don't even know what hardship is. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, to be as poor, like, I mean, just to be African-American um, after the slave trade, like reading about, reading about uh, Mrs. Bethune's mom, her reaction, mm -hmm. they were told they were free and just yeah. trying. Like, I'm free. I'm not owned. There was one story. Who was it? Uh, not Bethune. It was earlier where she's like a, a, a nanny 
And the, the little girl tells her mom, mom, my dying wish, you set this black African-American. Oh, family. yeah. Uh, Smith, wasn't it? Amanda Smith? Yeah. I mean, wow. She said, mom, set them free. And the the, the she the little girl dies. And the mom, like, I'm setting these people free. Like, living in a world where you can be owned by someone is crazy. It's just, there's, reading this, it all being in America, it's it was just a very, very, it's like a, this all happened in, I mean, within two or three generations has happened. Within 100, mm -hmm. 150 years, you're talking, what, four generations? Yeah. Um, But yeah, the fact, the story she tells when um she's a, uh, but uh, yeah, so. I don't know what time we got. Okay, we're uh, so um, a lot of hardship, a lot of loss. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of these women lived a uh, long lives, comparatively, surprisingly, uh, served God faithfully, um, had great opportunity. Um, one thing I remember reading. Well, go ahead and you, you can have another woman if you'd like. I, I speak. I talk a lot, baby. You can go ahead and talk. No, it's okay. I. Um... I don't. I don't know. Any ladies stick out to you, babe? Any other ladies jump out of you? No, I mean they all had things. They all had like different things, like um, Sarah Clark being the mother of the mission at the Pacific Garden Mission. Um, not and not just her, but others. Like I don't know, reminded me of like my aunt Esther, who you know went to Africa and and just served by herself for you know decades and how she um she didn't get married and have kids of her own but there were so many people who viewed her as that um that type of influence in their lives because she just she just gave herself away to those that had need around her and um yeah um, i think of the the courage that it took in that time for these women, um, you know, starting a mission or an orphanage or sailing to another country. Cause that's how you had to get there then, you know, or, um, at the world's fair going into oh saloon, just all the places that these, that these women were, you know, um, that they weren't afraid to go there. And like, um, Ms. Janos talks about like how, they went into places where others would have feared to go and, and, you know, they, they risked their rec reputation and um, even their safety. And they just, you know, felt like that was what God called them to do. So he was going to take care of them. It's just, it's just amazing. The faith that they had and the courage. I loved, I don't, I don't know who it was, but the lady who went to the, 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 the um, prostitution place, she said um, that the, um, the, they wouldn't let many preachers come into the bar because the preacher will yell at you, say you're sinful. But this lady, everyone knew she loved the girls. And so whenever the girl was sick, whenever a girl was like going through a hard thing, they would call her. They, they would they would ask her to come. She had mm -hmm. gained so much trust. They knew this woman, even though she is against how we live, she loves us. Mm -hmm. I think that was Asher. Asher, man, I mean, it's like every time we talk about these books, I get teary-eyed, babe. It's <laughs> what it is. It's just they're amazing. But we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be. 
in these places, not be, not hating, but truly loving the souls of those. And some of these things they're doing, like, um, oh man, it's just, I have some uh, quotes. Uh, we can go through some quotes and some great moments. Um, I love that the Pacific Garden Mission. I want to go visit it now. I go visit Pacific Garden Mission that I've read about it. I, Babe, in all my five years in Chicago, I never once went to the garden. Really? I never went there. I don't know why. I worked with the homeless, but a lot of the homeless I worked with hated the garden but because they had rules uh -huh. and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love that said about her husband. It said, she, uh, Ms. Janice wrote, some have said that George was the poorest preacher who ever tried <laughs> to expound God's word. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, this poor guy. <laughs> Just getting bombed out after he's been dead for a hundred years. They're still dogging his preaching. <laughs> but uh, there's that one that where she says she's speaking and she says, "Where's my wandering boy tonight?" And that boy comes forward. They led Billy Sunday to Christ, dude. Yeah. Holy cow! So crazy. Just one. I mean, being faithful can just have this ripple down through to thousands of people. Um. Dude, the fact that she didn't miss a night for uh, 27 years, I can't do that, babe. <laughs> like I gotta, well, no. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta rest and sleep sometimes, you know. Yeah. But uh, that was pretty awesome reading that. Um, let's see what else I got here. Man, we're so so awful. What what's <laughs> what's the um. The first lady was um, Penny Crosby. Who was lady number two in the book? Um, it's not Nettie, is it? Dreyer. No, it's Dreyer. Dreyer. It's Emma. It says this. It said, the Dreyer wanted to go learn. And it said, although many people feared that additional schooling would make women unfit for marriage and motherhood, Emma mm -hmm. enrolled in one of the earliest women's schools in the United States, Ingham University, then called the Leroy Female Seminary. It would make women unfit for marriage yeah. and motherhood. Being a woman's tough, babe. I'm saying. <laughs> like whatever you do, everyone's judging you for it. You're too smart. You're too this. You're too that. You just can't yep. win. Um, and this is before, is this before the vote? 1850 is before the yeah. vote. When do women get the right to vote? 1920. Listen, according to this book, they were talking about it, but it got shelved because of Civil War. Oh, right. And then it got shelved again. Yeah, it got, yeah. They so talked like, about it for a century or more. So I was like, okay, like, I'm not saying it's okay. It took that long. I'm just like, oh, okay, I can see politically why someone's like, I can't fight every battle. I'm going to fight this one first and then fight this one next. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, maybe I shouldn't. I, I'm just saying historically, I'm like, okay, as a president, maybe he's like, I can do one thing. And that's the thing I'm going to do is emancipate and then proclamate. You know, I can't do the suffrage thing too. Right. Well, that because then they gave blacks the right to vote. They made them citizens and gave them the right. So they had the right to vote first. Right. For, um, and I mean, that's just, that's just how sacrificial women are. That we, they, were, <laughs> they were like, okay, we'll, we'll, you know, help you work toward this cause. We'll put ours on the shelf. And then, I mean, they, they also are the ones that push for prohibition before they could vote. Like, that's unreal. Get, like, it's just, yeah. 
I've seen the signs at the at the library at Wheaton College. There's signs, um, and I don't know what they say. There's rhymes and stuff. It basically says like, if your man, if his lips touch a bottle, his lips don't touch my lips. Crazy stuff like that. <laughs> so wives would deny their husband physical affection if they drink. I mean, I mean that, that the guys were like, I'm voting down alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh. All in all, this was a great book. Uh, I cried more than once reading it. Dave Durant will be happy to know that that I cried a lot. Um, <laughs> it's if you if, if you weren't able to read it with us, I mean, read it. It's it's an incredible book. Uh, any any closing thoughts on this book, babe? Yeah, just kind of like an overarching thing. Like at the end and the conclusion, she talked about some of the things that all the women had in common. How they you know went through extreme hardship and um, you know they were so faithful and persistent and all those things, which are true and great. Um, But she also said, um, each of us has an individual path to follow. No two look the same. And I thought of that, too, when um, I think it was Bethune. Yeah, because she wanted to go to Africa and then she couldn't. She laid that down and then she went to Florida instead. And there's just this this thread of like not just going with what seems like, um, I don't know what seems like the romantic way to go or the successful way to go, but just to be faithful in what God has called you to. And that that doesn't necessarily look like um, what other people are doing or what you might even have thought it would look like. Um, But just to be following so closely that when the Lord leads you, you are responsive to that. Um, And just that quote at the end too, that it's so profound, but so simple words just says she has done what she could, which is like, it's simple. Cause it's just like, you just do what's in front of you, but it's also like, I mean, these women kind of did more than that. <laughs> like they, 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 and they were very ambitious and very persistent. And um, so it's, it's kind of this, balance like you have to be faithful in just the small mundane but also daring to believe that there's more that you can be part of thanks for sharing baby yeah for our next month we're going to be reading this book called the gospel comes with the house key by rosaria butterfield what a great last name <laughs> butterfield <laughs> um so uh so this book, uh, incredibly, is about a uh, a radical unbeliever, um, and she, she talks about how she became a believer. That's kind of the, how it starts, and her 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 journey to faith did not come because of a, uh, a preacher. It did not come because of um, yeah, I mean, or anything a TV show. She was invited into the home of a sweet couple who lived a very quiet and uh godly life and their hospitality and inviting her into their world we should see christ incarnated in the world letter to the lord and so this book's all about um the gospel comes with the house key about how hospitality and letting people enter into our world is a is a form of evangelism and so a form of of, of inviting people into the story of jesus so looking forward to reading this we're going to have five copies of this available on sunday 
Um, we hope you can grab your ten dollars a copy, which is a discount because they're fifteen dollars uh, at, at, at Amazon. We're giving you for ten because we love you. Uh, so we have five of these available, first come, first serve, uh, and we'll start and read this right away. And I'm thinking about babe. We might, I think we're, I think I'm really thinking the Flint City Book Club should we try to make it a real thing that because I think books are awesome and people should read more. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really do think books are like like I think growing in wisdom. You know, we grow in yeah. wisdom and stature and faith with God, faith with man. Um, but uh, I think we're going to make a page, a Facebook group page, and invite people so we can put quotes on and stuff. So we can be encouraged during the, the month as we read and not just wait till the end of the month when we're, it's all done. So uh, we're going to post this, you and I, together, and then we'll hopefully get more people involved as the year goes on. Sound good, darling? Right. Sounds great. All right. Have a good night, darling. All right. <laughs> I'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs> all right. Love you, babe. Love you, too. See ya. Do 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 do.